0: This is Developer's Journey. My name is Tim Borgineau. Thanks for joining. Hi, Benjamin. Hi, Thomas. Um Welcome on the podcast. Hey, Tim. Um, hey. Um, so you're currently the CTO of Vamo. And among other things, your bio is, quite, uh, is way longer than that, but among other things, the organizer of the uh, the 2014 and 15 Socrates conference, um, which is, is well-known um, here in Germany, um, I think in England as well, right?
1: Yeah, actually, they're already including the German one, six editions all over Europe, so yes, I I think you can say it's a well-known um, conference format by now.
0: Okay, so Socrates is uh, Software Craftsmanship and Testing, right?
1: Yes, that's the original word, yes. but by now it's in like almost a brand name on its own. Um,
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, will there be a, a 2016 edition?
1: Yes, yes, um, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, the the team is already heavily in the planning process, onboarding sponsors and, and all that, um, although I'm um, retired um, mainly from the organizing process. Which, um, oh, oh, you are? Yes, which was okay. intended um, that it's taken over by the community. I also was... Um, yeah, didn't organize the first editions and was yeah one of the first community organizers, so to say.
0: Okay, cool, cool, cool. So so we met last week um, at the TopConf uh, conference in Linz in Austria, uh, where you had a talk, I had as well. So um, your talk was called, uh, you're doing it wrong, your technology stack doesn't matter for your product success, um, which is a very interesting uh, topic, um, which is less to hear. Um, it kind of rings a bell in what I'm doing right now with my developer's journey. Um, and I thought that would be a very uh, good idea to have you there to, uh, to discuss a bit about that. So, um, could you give us some, um, uh, elevator pitch also the introduction to your talk and how this came to you and what's, what's it all about?
1: The talk's title, you're doing it wrong. is kind of meant to provoke and it's not 100% true in a way. But but still it's um the talk came out of my annoyance with our industry, um uh, software development technology industry that's that we only focus on or that I perceive it often as that we only focus on technology and how technology is so important and that the only thing you need to do is like choose the right stack and then everything falls into place and everything else is totally easy. Um and yeah, in in my opinion and and also in my experience, uh, is that totally not true. Um, you need to do a lot more other things than only technology in order to be successful. And um, from my experience as a as a CTO as a software development manager, it's also how you treat people, and that's that's one important aspect. And the other one being that's um, yeah, that it's important how you work together as a team, how you conduct your work. That's the term I use in the talk. Um, and yeah, and so in the talk, I'm kind of laying down that story of how I came to that conclusion in a way, or how I try to um, try these theories. That's yeah, those two things, how you treat each, each other at work and how you conduct your work. As a team, um, yeah how I came to test those theories at my current um, job as a CTO of, uh, of a small or smallish startup um, here in Germany. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, is there, is there a, um, um, a you got yourself burned story behind it um, or is it, uh, is it more your or personal uh, personal interest? Uh,
1: um, it's, it's more and more of a personal interest. Um, I, well, of, of course, I think everybody who's worked in that in, uh, industry for some time has got their sh- stories to tell about how, yeah, this death march project didn't work out as well as people hoped, hoped to. Mm. Or, um, yeah, they had their shares of bosses who were yeah, only interested in numbers and <laughs> how, how that fails usually. Um mm. But I, I wouldn't use the term. I got burned by that. It's, it was unpleasant at times, sometimes very unpleasant. But yeah, it, I'm not. I'm not the only one having experienced that. But I al- always felt. A, I always felt that there should be a different way of doing it. And um, yeah, and so I. Um, yeah, came up with those theories, um, which are not super original, and I'm totally not the first person to have those theories, those <laughs> kind of theories. Um, but um, yeah, I, I wanted to to try them out, and have, being in the position or getting into the position of a CTO of a startup is a is a quite nice position to test them out. Um, it is.
0: It is. Yeah. Um. So. Um, you mentioned um, how you treat each other in a team, so respect, trust, and caring, for instance, mm-hmm. and how you conduct your work on a daily basis. So I assume, um, uh, to come back to the technology stack, uh, it doesn't matter which one you take, um, as long as you master it and um, that it doesn't get in your way, then what you do with it is the most important. Is it the, uh, the message you want to give... Um,
1: yeah, certainly. That's, that's one message. Um, it's important that you <clears throat> master it to a certain degree, um, to a certain degree that really matters to your product and to your circumstances and to your people. Like, um, at, at Vamo, we use, um, Scala as a programming language. And that's mm-hmm. like one of those languages people are very, um, passionate about on the one hand, like, um, yeah, some people say it's a better Java and the other one saying it's a worse Haskell. So <laughs> the functional nerds on the one side, they they say like, okay, you should go all the functional all the way and, and stuff like that. And the other one say, okay, it's nice that I have some syntactic sugar and um, can do some things more um, succinctly, um, express program. Learning constructs more succinctly. Mm -hmm. Um, so the the way in how you master it is is very dependent on your needs and on your team, actually. Um, so, um, some teams, they prefer to, yeah, to, to carve out all the possibilities of the type system of, of Scala, for example, um, to use all the functional tools that, that, which, um, Scala provides. While others simply say, okay, it's, it's nice to still work somehow object oriented in an object oriented way. And, um, it's nice to have, um, functional tools like flat maps, higher order functions, um, and whatnot. So, and, and so I I wouldn't say it's necessary to, to really master your tools like all the way. It's, it's more important that you, and that's one of the, themes of the talk or um, yeah that is more important that you make up your mind what you really need and what you want as a team and find your Mm -hmm. principles as a team like if if you as a team want want to be because you deem it necessary the the functional programming experts then so be it that's cool that's Mm -hmm. for every team to decide for itself but usually and that's like my my annoyance um, is usually we just follow some people or some advice that pops up in some Stack Overflow search or in some programming guru's blog and so we simply try to follow that blindly and yeah that annoys the shit out of me sorry <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can understand that I can't really do that um if I can bug you still in this in this direction, um this is one critic I've been have I've been I've been receiving um in the past uh, in the past month is um since I'm I'm pushing exactly in the same direction as you are in the uh, teamwork and the uh, soft skills in the together uh more than on the the technical side. But I get um really hard pushback saying um if you don't master the technical side well um the rest is not going to help you. Um, How would you react to that?
1: Um, You've watched too many Uncle Bob videos.
0: (laughs) That's a very good one.
1: That's the first one. Um, One of my other pet peeves is that I think the whole clean code movement is actually kind of harmful, but that leads us down another path, so I'm first going to answer your other one. Is um yeah people people have a very different notion to what mastering means, and from my point of view, mastering is very very context specific. So what I just said about yeah a team has to decide for itself how far or what mastering a certain tool means actually for itself. Mm-hmm. So with a if, if someone cannot give me an answer to that question, what mastering actually mean to them. And if that is actually relevant to the, to the project or product's needs or to the team's needs, then it's, yeah, it's simple, totally meaningless. Um, mm-hmm. then your mastering is simply just some academic, yeah, academic notion. Like, of course you can good at whatever you do, but um, if you cannot put it to, to a significant use or to a meaningful use towards some, some goal, then it's simply meaningless. Um, yes. Let's just leave it like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's great. That's great. Um, there's still there's still some value in, in um, the whole clean code movement. I mean, um, that has been, in my experience, uh, kind of a, a differentiator Um, between people that care and people that don't. Would you agree with that?
1: Um, I, I think to some, some time, which, which is not that far into the past, like like maybe a year ago or so, I would have agreed with you wholeheartedly and would have said, like, yeah, totally true. Mm -hmm. Um, but today, my, my opinion, yeah, changed quite. Quite a bit in that. I think, of course, the whole concept of clean code itself is um, is meaningful. It, it can be it can be very helpful. It can be very meaningful in certain um, contexts. But um, i I've, I've seen it abused too many times um, in the past. In that, people who think they are something better than others. Um, wield that clean code weapon. Like, yeah, they, they use that concept like a weapon, like saying, I am better than you. I write cleaner code than you do. <laughs> and I am a better developer. You don't care about your work. You don't sit until 12 o'clock in the night and read Uncle Bob's sermons, but you only care about leaving work at 5 o'clock. Like, um... <laughs> Okay. That's, and I, I, yeah, as, I simply don't buy it anymore. It's, and I think it's harmful because, um, I, I think it starts even with the word like clean. What, what does clean even mean? Does it mean if you're not clean, you're dirty? Like your code is automatically dirty if you don't follow the clean code principles. Actually, I think that's kind of, that's, that's kind of sick to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Um Because it really paints the world in a very binary kind of way, and it really separates those in in a bad way it separates you from from everyone else, like everyone else who doesn 't follow clean code principles is dirty That's, mm-hmm. um, of course i 'm exaggerating exaggerating to a certain point, but um, I think we 've all learned. Um, that yeah, language matters, and so if you start to use those words, um, you have to be aware of, of the effect they can have. Mm-hmm. And and so yeah, it's it, it's very it, it can be very harmful. Like like I said, on a technical level, those concepts are of course useful, um, like a sensible naming method or class length or the amount of code how code should reveal its intention and, and all that. Those are very useful concepts, but I've seen them ab- abused over time, and um, I, I think we, we should be more more nuanced in a way, and should also acknowledge that yeah, like I said before, even if you master your tools, and if, you, if you're a super clean code, if you don't do it towards a meaningful goal, and meaningful can of course already be Delivering a commercially um, somehow successful product, then um, then it's simply useless if your code is clean or not.
0: <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. Okay, so let's let's leave it uh, uh, as is for the for the technical part. I think I have to review the the beginning of my presentation. We <laughs> may be a little bit less dogmatic. Um, okay, so now that we have the uh, the the technology side um uh, kind of pinned down um, and this is now what what your presentation was all about um we have the teamwork and the being together that is actually the most important part um would you go that far in saying that uh, that uh, a team that um that really works as a team is um is Will be, um, whatever, not, not whatever, but, um, uh, will be way, way, uh, stronger than, than any other team, even if uh, a little bit, um, um, weaker on the technical side, can achieve way better results. Is it, is this your experience?
1: Um, y- yes. <laughs> um, to, hey, to you're, sir. you're allowed to say no. <laughs> <laughs> true. Um, I, I think my experience is limited, so that's where that um, hesitation came from. Um, mm-hmm. In, in my experience, yes, it's been true, but, um, then again, my experience is of course limited, even if I've worked in the industry like for 15 years almost. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's true, um, from my point of view. And I based that also on the, um, observation that while it can be important to work yet yeah, to, to deliver work, that's on a high technical level um, that what makes products successful and projects successful is that they can be adapted that they are adaptable to whatever comes around um, totally pivoting the the product or the, the needs of the product or accommodating late requirement changes or whatever so what makes projects successful in the end is that they are adaptable and adaptability not only comes from um, yeah, delivering a technology, um, or delivering a software product that's adaptable on a technical level, but also the people's mindset need to be adaptable. They need to be able to, <clears throat> to criticize each other. They need to be able to um, accommodate different points of views to, to actually see and to actually hear, um, what what a change might mean and how that change might impact their, their product or how, yeah, to actually listen. I like listening is a very important skill or my, one of the, the most important skills. Um, mm-hmm. to actually listen and to actually understand And when, when a requirement change comes around and what it actually means and to, to know what what it means for the technology some in my, in my experience it's been very often that we hear some some changes and some requirement change and we only hear it superficially and so we still can accommodate that smaller requirement change with our technology but if we've listened more closely in the beginning then we would have realized earlier that Actually, we should have changed the product in a more profound way way earlier and um, to yeah to accommodate that change on a more in a more profound way mm-hmm. and so yeah, teams that really work together that care about each other um, they're more resilient, yeah. they're more um, they're better able to accommodate change, and that's what actually makes products, projects teams, whatever, more successful. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, how do you go about uh, hiring for the, those people or, or grooming? Um, I mean, how do you create such, such
1: teams? Um, there again, of course, I have very um, limited experience, um, or yeah, maybe not limited, but I, I I can only speak for what worked for me, and that is... Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah, but like like I say in my talk, it's it, from the very beginning. It's it's like the very basis, and you cannot ever fail on that one thing that you actually care about people. And once you do that, you get so many things fall out of that. Like you actually try to work together with them and try to understand what they really need and what they really want and where they're really going. And that then again, um, yeah, shows people or when you show people that you really care for them, they, they get really interested in you like because Mm -hmm. that's which, which is kind of sick, but, um, it's, it nevertheless works is that, um, People are so, um, they're going out of their way if they see a place to work where they feel valued and where they feel respected and where they feel somebody takes care of them or maybe not takes care of them, which sounds so patriarchic. but um, there, there are other people who are interested in, like really in their person, in their personality, in their, how, Mm -hmm. how they work and how, who they are as a person. And so, so that's one thing to, to really, and to show that to, to really let that show through in your work. And my family, we did that with, with our technology blog, um, where we write about stuff and also write about these topics, like how, yeah, how we, work together as a team and how we share the, the responsibilities of a tech lead role in a team like we don't have tech leads um, as a role but rather we share those responsibilities such a person usually in has in other teams we share that as a team and we mm-hmm. thought very very hard about that these things and we share that um, on the blog and We really take time to, to write down what it means to work for us and how we work as as a team. What, what is our workflow? Our, what is, what are our rituals and, and and all that. And, and that usually doesn't yield super fast, um, results, but it yields, um, long lasting results and that teams really, or people really recognize us, recognize our brand, if you will. Um, and recognize like, okay, I can identify with that. I, I can imagine really working with that. And people really, um, yeah, when they contact me for, because they're interested in, in working with us, they, they really take a lot of time and thought to write down what they really want and to, they really think about mm-hmm. how they open that conversation with, with me, with us.
0: Okay. Is it something that you are asking or something that, that you really uh, managed to uh, to uh, um, to put out that people uh, applying for your company now uh,
1: know that uh, from the very beginning on? Um, I, I'd say half-half. Um, some opened the conversation in a, with a very short email, like what three sentences maybe, and then I asked them questions which yeah which can be answered with very long winding paragraphs um mm-hmm. or other people they already open the conversation very in a very thoughtful way and provide very very much detailed a very detailed look into their thinking and how they think about themselves and their work and mm-hmm. so it's yeah it's it's both um some some people I have to ask explicitly for that kind of thing others Come, come up with it um, themselves. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, have you seen an influence then on the uh, on the turnover of the uh, the employees in the company uh, compared to the the companies you worked for um, before that?
1: Um, yes, but I, I think you. I, I have to mention that before I worked in, in mainly in the marketing agency field. Not, not only, but, mm-hmm. but uh, over the last years before I joined Vamo. And that is like one of those places or, um, industries where there is a lot of turnover. Mm-hmm. And, that's and true. so yeah. that's kind of, kind of hard com- to compare. Um, yeah. And out now, most of the people, um, who worked with us, um, stayed with us. Mm-hmm. Um, only one, um, one person left, left on their own. Um, and another one left. Yeah. Because because we found out together that it didn't work out, um, mm-hmm. but the other ten until now, they, of course, no yeah, now I'm cheating a little bit. Sorry. Um, two people just joined recently, and the other right. eight, they stayed with us for, yeah, for all the time. They haven't left yet.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, that's that's true. I hope hope that, uh, it it uh, continues this way. Um, this is pretty much what we're doing uh, uh, as well in um, the company I work for. Um, we have very, uh, very deep connections, uh, all together, um, even though we are mostly consultants, uh, running around, but still, um, meeting every month and having, uh, regular discussions all together. And this really brings something. And, um, we have noticed that the people, um, that, that, uh, get involved in those discussions, um, are the people that, that stay. That's, those are the ones that really, uh, um, get this, this teamwork and this, this, um, this uh, mutual trust and those people are the ones that that's remaining the company. That's uh, that's very true. Yeah.
1: yeah. When when it comes to how you find those people, you are also asked the question. Kind of, um, is the, it there is a very recent trend? At least I experience it that way, or I perceive it that way, is that people really think about how to do interviews differently than how they were done like all the time, like. Those whiteboard interviews, coding interviews <laughs> i I think most of the people who run around with them somehow open mind nowadays know that that's a bad idea, but they still don't really know how what to do differently and there's yeah there's very large or a lot of material around now on how to do it differently um one one of the keywords being um behavioral questions instead of some um, I think skill based question is in the other one um, that's an important thing um Kate kate houston um, she she wrote a very very excellent blog post some time ago on, on how on i think it's just called on interviewing mm-hmm. um she also gave a very very excellent talk about that very topic also at the um, last year's um the let Develop, lead developer conference and which was in London.
0: Mm-hmm. I think the
1: videos are also up somewhere. Okay, I'll have a look at that. So that's um yeah, based on that plus the whole body of knowledge around behavioral questions is, is like also very, very much suited to find the right people for whatever your definition of right is. Um, and that That's also what I like about these approaches that they make you think first that they have you really have to think about your for yourself and about yourself or your team what you actually want and what what you what you need and how you can check for that instead of just mm-hmm. checking for oh, did you do five plus years of Java? <laughs>
0: Yeah, higher for potential, not for uh, not for skills. That's uh, that's what I read um, not so long ago. What was that?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I also try to use that sentence, but I find it very hard to to actually make something out of it. Because how do you go about testing for potential? That's that's exactly the the hard question.
0: That is true. Um uh, my, my definition for that has been in the past um to find um to find excellence in, in one uh, one area and to find um the willingness to uh, to improve. So yeah. for the project that we're for currently it's a Java project and we just hired a, a Node.js expert. Um the guy really has a very, very deep experience in, in Node.js. And was able to, uh, to, um to show us that we, he really cares about this and then told us, well, I want to try it in Java now. And, um, he was so passionate about it that, that it kind of uh, sounded natural that he's going to make it. This is, this really related to, uh, to what we, what we are searching for. So this, this is continuous improvement and showing, well, I can do it. Yeah. And I've shown in one area that he can do it. So. Believe me, I can do it another one.
1: Yeah, yeah. That, that reminds me of this um, growth mindset concept. Um, I always forget the, the lady who coined the term. Um, it's, yeah, that's that's also one of, one of a very sure signs to to look for um, is that people don't yeah have a growth mindset and not mm-hmm. limited fixed mindset.
0: Okay, um, if I can pivot just a little bit, um, do you have a, a definition for craftsmanship? What, what would that be?
1: <laughs> that's that's a good one. <laughs> it's a hard one, right? Um, yeah, I, actually, that's that's one of the things I like about that whole craftsmanship movement. It's is that there is not one definition, but um, you ask ten people and you get ten different Indeed. definitions. Um, <laughs> Uh, my my own definition. Um, actually, actually, I stopped caring after a while. Um, <clears throat> I've been very active in the software craftsmanship community, but um, yeah, I don't care about that definition any so, so much anymore. Top of my head, right now, I, I'd say it, it's about caring. Caring about your work, um, your product, and your users and your colleagues. Um, that's yeah, you don't necessarily have to be passionate about it. That's, again, one term um, that gets gets misused, I think, um, quite some time. But um, you have to care about it. It has to be important to you to some degree. It shouldn't be the mm-hmm. most important, but to some degree it should be important.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of, how uh, uh, do you call that uh, in German, Fangfrage a uh, trick question a, a trick question that's true thank you um, I wanted to see how much um, or how far far further you go from this uh, from this respect trust and caring um, idea of yours but that's exactly you come exactly back to it So um, oh, sorry for disappointing us. no that's great that's great <laughs> uh, I'm having my fun uh, as well that's <laughs> great no but that's that's very true um, it's all about caring and that's that's the things I'm, I'm, I'm getting at with this uh, whole project, um, that is great. That is great. Um, are you um, still involved in the in the user groups or in the um, in the, in the communities around, around uh, Frankfurt?
1: Um, in a way, yes. Um, just beginning of this year, i um, kind of were was looking for successors to take over the DevOps um, group user group, mm-hmm. um, and I, I was successful in finding other people to take over the work. Um, mm-hmm. So right now um, I'm, I'm not actively organizing any any other group, but rather I'm, I'm looking for some other um, projects to, to get involved in, which have a more helping aspect um, in, in terms of, like, um, Helping other people like get into technology and make that, a um, somehow meaningful way of, um, of having a job or have, of having a profession. And so, mm-hmm. so kind of looking for, for ways to, to actually do that. It, it's kind of hard. Mm-hmm. Do, do you have some things in mind already? Um, yeah, two, t- two, two things. Um, one project is called Code Door. Um, They've launched, launched the group in, in Berlin already and Frankfurt is the second city. They, they organize like learning groups uh, where refugees can, can learn to program. They um, offer support and mentoring to those mm-hmm. um, people um, so they can, they can complete I think nano degrees is one one of those goals. A so nano degree at Udacity or other um, online universities, online programming courses, mm-hmm. so they can yeah complete their their education in, in some way. That's one mm-hmm. one thing, and another one was there. There's a project in in Portland which is called Hack the Hood, um, mm-hmm. which gives um, youth youth of color the the ability or the the possibility to work on a um, on a website project for local businesses so they kind of connect local businesses with people who want to earn the the business of developing software, developing websites, doing mark, online marketing and all that and mm-hmm. so they provide both sides with, with a win-win situation so the local businesses get a um, get a get a free web, or at least at low cost and the youth, Mm -hmm. um, people, people of youth, they um, get the ability to work on a somehow meaningful um, project and learn the skills um, combined with that. So, and my idea was, though I haven't actually put any meaningful amount of work in it yet um, to to launch something like that in, in Frankfurt. So. Yeah, more project than that kind of area I'm looking for this year.
0: Well, that's, that's great. Very, very noble ideas. Very noble ideas. I hope it, uh, it works out for you. Um, well, we're, we're kind of uh, at the end of the interview um, already. Um, where could we find you? Online or um, at um, upcoming conferences? Um, do you have anything planned already?
1: Um, upcoming conferences, at, at least... The ones um, where I plan to talk is, is only one in, in the next month. It's on the, um, I think, 10th and 11th of March in, in Frankfurt. It's called Entwickler Tag, mm-hmm. which, which is kind of nice. It's one of the nicer or the nicest um, local conferences here in, in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, they have very good and very similar talk, actually, like the predecessor to the you're doing the wrong talk. And, um, but otherwise, um, like visiting conferences, um, I think it will be Socrates like all the the last five years I've, I've been to, but apart from that, I haven't planned that much. Um, I think it's going to be some, something in, in, in autumn, definitely some one or two more conferences, um. Yeah, but online, I think the easiest way to find me is in, I'm, I'm Benjamin on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. oh, very uh,
0: cool Twitter handle.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was kind of lucky. I, When Twitter launched, I had a job. It's very much free time. <laughs> and so that was kind of useful.
0: It was easy to remember.
1: Yeah, exactly. So And going from there, there's my, um, my website linked somewhere. With my blog and the talks and all that. So, whoever wants to take a look at the slides, whether you're doing it wrong, talk is um, their link there. Okay,
0: great. Well, um, thank you very much for, for chatting with me. That was really great. Uh, a lot of uh, insightful uh, information there. And I have to uh, to ponder all this and, and work back my uh, my ideas and some of the chapters already. Thank you very, very much, Benjamin.
1: Thank you for having me. It was fun. Yeah,
0: thank you.